Welcome back to the Early Way In podcast. We head back to the Apex this week, UFC Vegas 78. It's a badass fight at 170, man. We have Vicente Luque making his return, taking on former champion Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, co-main event, Strikers Delight at Featherweight Division. We have veteran Cub Swanson fighting Hakeem Dawadu. It's a total of 13 fights as we head toward weigh-ins. Before we jump into things, as always, do us a quick favor. Like the video. If you haven't before, sub to the channel. Um, you want to go above and beyond the main events of Pick'em? Let us know in the comments who you guys have. Uh, but man, last week, UFC Nashville in our backyard. The uh, main event, quite a bit of a snooze fest. You know, we have seen Corey come out, show the injuries with the elbow and things. But, uh, you know, solid night of fights, man. I was excited to be there. I'll let you recap the card as always before we jump into this week's main event. Uh, yeah, a little mixed bag of results. I wasn't able to make that card, but uh, it turns out everybody that we would have gone with, you guys all had a pretty good time. And so uh, from what I've heard, the crowd pop in Nashville might uh, encourage Dana to come back in the Absolutely. future. Um, we'll look at your card first. Starting off, you had Dustin Jacoby up top against Kennedy and Zek Jaquu. Not really mm-hmm. sure the game plan from Kennedy going out there, but, uh, you know, Dustin, much better striker on the feet, a, a plus money for a fight that uh, was staying on the feet. Great value. Uh, you put a unit on him. Uh, Tanner Bozer versus Alexa Kamer. I don't know, that year and a half, two years, didn't make Kamer look much different. Tanner <laughs> Bozer did what he had to do to to get the dub there. Uh, another solid bet at minus 180. You had two units on him. Ignacio Bajamendez versus Ladovic Klein. Um you know, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect Baja Mendez to lose. I, um, he's just too hittable. He's still got a lot of potential being as young and as big as he is. He's got a great frame for it, but he's still got a lot of, lot to learn, and uh, the defense needs to be sharpened up for sure moving forward. Um, Rayoni Barcelos, we ended up both getting on Rayoni Barcelos by the end of it. I thought it was a really close fight. Uh, yeah. Not upset with the decision by any means. Uh, I'm upset with one scorecard, right? The, the 30-27 for Kyler Phillips is a little ridiculous. But, um, you know, I don't know. Plus 175, I don't think that it's it's a bad dog play by any means. Right. Jeremiah Wells, a little bit of another, like, an unfortunate way that that fight played out. He was up two rounds to zero, and then in the third round just kind of fell apart. Carlston Harris used some of his physical attributes to get the job done and just kind of caught him off guard. Uh, Cody Durden versus Jake Hadley. Um, we actually were split on this fight a little bit. Uh, Cody Durden, obviously the money line bet, uh, the money line side of this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, American wrestling, good old American wrestling against an Englishman, you know, I right. don't hate that at all. Uh, Asu Almabaya versus Ode Osborne. Um, I, I ended up not being on this at all. Happy that you got on a Sue because I, I was actually thinking that Ode was going to put on a little bit better performance, but it turns out that a is one of those guys who came in undefeated and are actually legit. You know, yeah. it's, it's nice to see that it translates over into UFC quality opponents. Um, moving further down, Sandhagen over two and a half rounds. I don't know. That probably hits 95% of the time after Seeing that fight, a little bit of a snooze fest, but Sandhagen got it done, and that over two and a half was absolutely a lock. Um, Suarez wins inside the distance. I got to watch this fight a little bit off and on. Um, I thought it looked at like somewhat close the first round. I, I, yeah, I could yeah. be wrong, but uh, no, it looks absolutely. like Jessica was able to keep it on the feet for longer than I think Suarez would have liked for it to be on the feet. Um, so I 
I don't know. She got it done. I like we we both like Suarez. She's got all the potential in the world, but uh, I think she's always she's constantly looking for the finish, and that's always a good thing in the women's divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, the under two and a half rounds in the Jeremiah Wells Carlson Harris fight. That was a, another close one. Um, I guess that that was your kind of a, a hedge to your Jeremiah Wells bet, and uh, that one ended up cashing for you. And then the under two and a half rounds in the Hadley Durden fight. Uh, I don't know. Good, good bet. I think that that's a coin flip, and that's how it was lined. You ended yep. up the night plus two point five three units, and a eighteen percent ROI. Definitely a solid night. Sir, uh, looking over at my card. A little bit smaller of a, a card. I'm not upset with either of my money line bets. The Barcelos plus 175 in a fight that I felt like was a split decision. I'll take the dog any yep. any day. Uh, the Damon Jackson Billy Q fight. Rightful guy won and Billy Q. Um, there was some potential for Damon to to finish the fight early, and that just didn't happen. And then the gas tank towards the end was really the the biggest problem with him. Uh, yeah, pre, pre-fight, you're on the right side. Like, Billy Q was, you know, after round one was not minus 170 or something anymore, you know. Right. Pre-fight, right. you're on the right side. Uh, my safety parlay was the only thing that did go right. Uh, Corey Sandhagen and Tatiana Suarez. I mean, I don't know. I felt like they both clearly covered their price tag, so I was happy to at least have the safety parlay finish off the night, stop the bleeding a little bit. Um, I took a small sprinkle shot on fights, fight ends in round three in the Bahamundes versus Klein fight. Uh, not how I saw that fight playing out. I thought Klein would actually be the one slowing down in the third, taking the fight mm-hmm. on short notice, and uh, that just wasn't the case. So right. that one was, uh, in my head, the only really bad play that I had. Um, so that one, looking past it. Tucker, uh, Tucker versus Diego Lopez under two and a half rounds. Now, I thought there was potential for both guys to finish. And Diego Lopez, man, those submissions are sneaky and fast. Yeah. He's he's high level. And um, I think he'll be overpriced moving forward. You know, if he continues to have these type of wins against guys like Gavin Tucker, I do think that there will be potential to fade him because he's not somebody who has a completely rounded game, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, the one that hurts the most and ultimately like would have put me uh, – in the positive it's the Hadley by submission. I honestly believe if you weren't on the Cody Durden money line side, Hadley by submission was the only way to play this fight. That was the only way that he was certainly going to get the win. And it was plus two forty instead of minus two twenty for Hadley's money line. Uh, so that one tough pill to swallow right there, but multiple opportunities uh, too. Yeah. I mean, there was, it was there. It was, yeah. it was absolutely there, but that's just how it rolls. I'll, I'll continue to make those plays. And I think in the long run, um, it'll be good. It'll be good. So minus 2.42 units, uh, minus 36% ROI, not the best, but also not the worst. And hopefully I can forget that moving into this week where we are in the welterweight division, the main event between Vicente Luque and Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, right off the bat, a couple of huge red flags for both guys, right? Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, he's trying to make 170 work again. He's definitely got to step up in competition since his um, since his last fight against uh, Brian Barberina, where he went up to 170 again. But it's against Vicente Luque, who has some question marks coming into this fight, man. He's, you know, 
on an L2 now and finally suffered his first knockout where he had some serious brain bleeding going on and was at, took a year off. Um, it's definitely not something that you like seeing in somebody who uh, like Vicente Luque, who's been in all these wars, given us some amazing fights over the years, but has some serious fight miles on him. Um, it's tough to say who has more fight miles, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I honestly would say Luque just because of the sheer damage that he's absorbed over the years, um, even though RDA has certainly been fighting for a longer time. As far as how these skills break down, I think Vicente Luque poses a lot of threats to, to RDA here. I think RDA, to get this win, will be pretty heavily reliant on his grappling. And I just am not convinced that RDA, at this stage in his career, is able to hold down um, a legitimate 170-pounder. Holding down, holding down Brian Barbarina, it isn't something that I'm just completely looking past. He is a tough guy and... Um, gritty you know he's got a lot of heart all the all the attributes that you give to a fighter like that but uh he's not he's not a legit welterweight um he's sure big enough but i just don't think that the skill sets there where vicente luque in his past fights even when he is grounded he makes his opponents work over and over again and when it is on the feet he's an absolute threat to anybody man he um you know if you take this last fight out of the equation He's always been able to sustain a lot of damage and RDA is not somebody who's knocking people out for the most part. You know, um, I do think that it'll be difficult for RDA to, um, <laughs> again, it's all dependent on how Vicente Luque comes back, but I do think it's going to be difficult for RDA to earn the respect of Luque. And, um, you know, as this fight drags out and as Luque continues to pop up on the feet, uh, I think that Luque is going to wear on RDA. You know, Luque is a legit uh, black belt on the ground. I think I don't think that RDA is going to find a submission um, like he did against Brian Barbarina. And as he ages, I do think that there's going to be a significant drop off one of these days. And up at 170, I think it's just a matter of time. I personally think Luque sitting at this price, it, it's kind of a, a perfect spot to... Um, to, to grab him at plus money against somebody who's pushing 40 years old. Um, I'm on the Luke side. It's not that I'm going to be playing him. I just think that there's a lot of stock being put into him being stopped by one of the best guys in the division and, and Jeff Neal. And that's not really fair. So I, I think ultimately I'm going to go Vicente Luque, but it's the plus money that's getting, getting me on that side. I do think that this is a coin flip fight. And both guys certainly have their advantages. I just think Luque is going to uh, is going to get the win, and he's he's the more dangerous of the two to get the fight finished. So I'm going with Luque. Yeah. Uh, on the other side here with RDA, uh, you know RDA is a guy massive respect for, been fighting the best in the world forever, and you could honestly argue RDA might have the best resume of almost anybody in the UFC roster, and you know. Trying to trying to make the home at 170 is a bit tricky for him because uh you know he's already found that the the elite of the division like Usman and Colby and Leon um, he struggles with their size and physicality and he struggles with their wrestling um, I just I think that's not in the equation here man I think in this particular matchup with Luke I do think it stays on the feet and I think RDA can make this fight very very close when it comes to their striking defense. I think it swings mass like vastly in the favor of RDA. You know, Luke being one of the more hittable guys on the roster, 
Uh, used to be the one who could take all those as well. Brings to the question of, of his durability at this point. And I think speed for RDA is going to be a big factor. I think in terms of outside range kickboxing, I, I have to go with Vicente Luque. But in terms of inside the pocket, pure boxing, I favor RDA there. Um, he's got the southpaw advantage. I think he's going to win the kicking game. I do think he's got the gas tank advantage. I think a five-round fight favors him. And if there's somebody who can mix it up and, you know, win around with some uh, takedowns, I do think it's RDA. I, I just think that he's the the better minute winner here while Luke is the more, like, moment winner. You know, he's the he's the finisher of the, of the two here, in my opinion. He's always been one of my favorite fighters to watch. You know, the guy's just a nasty finisher, opportunistic submission artist. You know, when he trains at a good camp, Killcliffe FC, I just think that now post-30s, the layoff, that brawling style, I don't know if it's going to work against somebody as technical as RDA. I, I'm, You know, and then the brain bleed is always a talking point, and neither one of us are doctors, but there's nothing good that comes out of that, you know. Um, I, he's out for a year, and while it's time for people to prove, you just – or improve that's you don't know what his training situations like you know doctors aren't letting him train at a at a full capacity with with having to deal with that and this is also the first time he's ever been knocked out in his career and now he's having to deal with that there's just concerns that even at plus money I don't think I can I don't think I can get to man I when I really look at him I, I think RDA is about 57 percent here to me um and I think as we approach the championship rounds, I think that number is going to climb a little bit because I do see a cardio edge there. So I'm going to lean with RDA. I got just a one unit shot on him at minus 120. It's uh, not often do you get to fade somebody with a brain bleed coming back to fight, you know. <laughs> um, co-main event, we do take a step down. Featherweight, we got Cub Swanson, Hakeem, Talad- Hakeem Dawadu. It's Pretty similar styles, man. You know, they're both very good strikers. I just think one of these guys is far past his prime. You know, Cubs trying to come back up to 145 after testing the waters at Bantamweight. He was just beating pillar to post by Jonathan Martinez. And turning 40, 40 years old this year, you you can't get away with or you can't get away with it in these lower weight classes, especially like Bantamweight. And the body shots. Overall durability at his age is a major concern. The Cubs always been, you know, Cubs been finished in six of his eight losses. So never really a guy that I can count on toughing a fight out. And then he goes out there and fights Korean Superboy and puts on like fight of the year. So it's up in the air, man. But um, Cubs got good footwork. Cubs got strikes from good angles. It's pretty evident, you know, that he trains with like TJ Dillashaw. They, they fight very, very similar. He's always in good shape. I just struggle to see how he wins the fight. Um, Cub's not a grappler. I do think you have to grapple Dawadu to beat him. Dawadu's a younger, faster, bigger fighter here. Honestly, he's got underrated takedown defense, performed pretty well against Mobzar, showed he's got a good ta- uh, good gas tank to him. And I think he's a phenomenal Muay Thai striker, and it's just the better striker than Cub Swanson here, especially at the time he's catching Cub Swanson on. So, I do hate that the minus 200 isn't the most potent finisher, but I do have to back Akeem Dawadu here as, as one of my better plays this week. Can't say that I'm seeing it any differently, man. Um, when I look at how Cub Swanson wins this fight, it's it's just by making it close, and I don't think that that's enough to get me on 
um, on his side by any means. Like you said, the the age is definitely concerning. Going back up to 145, you know that it's this is like a last last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he hated getting his ass whooped and making that cut in his last fight. So now he's he's going up to 145, seeing if he has it in him. And I, I think he could call it quits after this one, man. He's given us all the fights that he needs to give us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I think the best case scenario for him is making this fight close. I can't really find any paths to finishing the fight for Cub Swanson. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Dawadu's the type of guy that you don't want to go to a split with. And, yeah. you know, yeah. this might be a little bit crude, but um, Dawadu went, went in a sport where <laughs> damage is your number one criteria dark-skinned people definitely don't show that damage very much. And I do think that 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 should at least play a factor in how you cap fights that you think are going to be close. I'd much rather have a guy who's not showing any of that damage Mm -hmm. uh, down the stretch. And I I think that Hakeem is somebody who eats damage really well. And Cub Swanson is somebody who, especially recently, has terrible body language whenever he is getting hit. I just feel like Hakeem's the type of guy who hits hard enough to get those those big reactions out of Cub Swanson. And uh, I think, you know, with the le- how the leg kicks were eating him up in the last fight, considering he's 39 years old and really hasn't found much of an answer for that at this stage in his career, uh, I do think that Dawoodoo is going to be able to take advantage of that. And uh, he'll, he'll probably get it done inside the distance, although I'm, I'm not betting that. You know, Dawoodoo might be a solid parlay piece, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think that I'm at the point where I'm ready to – you know, bank on Dawadu, who does go to decision quite often and in a weight class like 145 pounds uh, to get to get it done inside the distance, even though that is kind of how I see him getting this done, just strictly because Cub can't take a punch anymore at his current age. Moving on to my fight of the night, I'm going uh, with two sloppy heavyweights and uh, it's it's Josh Parisian and Martin Boudet. I think Martin Boudet is a pretty decent fighter. I'll start off by saying that, you know, I, I do think that he's one of these guys who has a good record. It's a little misleading because at the end of the day, he doesn't do anything amazing, you know, but he is a legitimate heavyweight, you know, a lot for a while we had six foot tall, 265 pound heavyweights that littered the middle of the, the heavyweight division um, where I feel like as the division itself has progressed. Martin Boudet kind of represents the newer middling of the heavyweight division. It's at least a legitimate heavyweight body and, uh, you know, decent skills, decent skills. And he's been able to showcase that in all of his, all of his uh, UFC fights up until this point. He's just uh, physically, he's, he's got an amazing pressure game. He pushes people up against the cage. He forces you to, to carry his weight, play into his game and uh, he's a he's a grinder. That's that's just mm-hmm. what he is. Um, Josh Parisian fighting out of the Scorpion fight system. He's he's never really looked that great to me. And I, I do yeah. think that his peak is the the splits over Rocky Martinez or, or finishing Alan Boudot. Um, what he does have going for him as well is that he is also a legitimate sized heavyweight. And uh, I think that that's actually what's what's kind of won him the fights against Boudou and Rocky Martinez is at least he's got the size that he can utilize on somebody. 
Um, but Martin Boudet, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the guy that he's going to be able to, to get to the mat and uh, keep to the mat uh, for mm-hmm. sure. I know a lot of people are wanting to play the over in this fight, but I do think that it is trappy, man. You know, we're, we're talking about heavyweights and uh, Josh Parisian, you know, he's, he's been finished by Dante Mays. Like, you know, there's just, there's just levels. I think that Martin Boudet is significantly better than Dante Mays. Uh, so the finish is there in my head, you know, mm-hmm. whenever he did get Jake Collier to the ground in his last fight, um, they were punishing ground and pound shots towards the end of that third round. And, uh, you know, I know both of us were holding on to a Boudet by decision plus mm-hmm. 350 ticket. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was clinched. <laughs> I was puckered. Um, at this point, Boudet decision is like plus 170. And I feel like people are asking for it. You are asking to get uh, to, to get to be upset. I just feel like mm-hmm. this is a fight where it's two low level guys. Boudet's actually pretty decent. And uh, I, I do think that there's potential for um, a, for it to finish inside the distance, even though both guys have been going to decision uh, in their mm-hmm. last few fights. Boudet's the pick for me. Uh, but I have yet to actually make a play. It's just uh, my fight of the night because I do think we're gonna we're gonna be in for a good fight while it lasts. Sloppy slop fest of a fight, but I uh, I couldn't help myself to lay the juice here, man. I've got 1.5 units on Martin Boudet at minus 190. I uh, I consider Parisian bottom of the barrel as it gets. You know, I think his only way he finds success is to find his way on top of these like you said, smaller heavyweights, you know, I don't really see any type of skills there. He's not dangerous. He's got bad cardio. He's got bad takedown defense. The height of his career is what outboxing Justin Taffa because he's so much bigger, you know, and I just don't think it's the case here, man. I think Boudet, like you said, can match that size, legitimate heavyweight. He's got the volume, the output, the cage control, I love the dirty boxing, the knees and the clinch. And just like you said, makes guys wear that weight on the cage. And he's not landed a takedown yet um, in his UFC career, but this is a fight to do so, you know. Um, I've seen Dontel Mays look like an Olympic wrestler against Josh Parisian. Roki Martinez put him up against the fence, completely stalled him out. I've got Martin Boudet all here all day, man. Um, I really, really do. I think minus 190 is a gift. And I think he's going to, you know, if he doesn't 30, 27 him, I do think that there's a chance that, that he does finish Josh Parisian because I don't think Martin Boudet is a bad fighter either, man. My fight of the night, uh, middleweight division, I went with Tafan and Chukwe versus A.J. Dobson. It was a fight that I was kind of on the fence earlier in the week if I wanted to bet or not. And I'm seeing <laughs> a ton of action on both sides, so I thought it would kind of be a pretty good fight to talk about. Tafan, yeah. Coming down to middleweight after a one and two stint at 205, and he's currently on an L2 where he was finished in both. And we're talking about like top 15 guys. We're talking about Carlos Olberg, big size advantage and things on him. And Asimat Merzikhanov. And we got to remember, man, Tafan was clearly up two rounds and well on his way to victory until that flying knee. And I was very impressed at what Merzikhanov went out and did to Dustin Jacoby in last time out. I think Tafan can hang with. Some really good fighters, man. I think he's got a whole lot better volume. He's a good kickboxer. And both of his UFC wins, this guy surpassed 100 significant strikes. He mixes up the target. He's a hard guy to, like, take and hold down. And to me, he he's just the more well-rounded, the more put-together fighter at this point. The one knock I kind of have on him, and it, maybe it's just a middleweight. Maybe it's at 205 in general. 
Uh, the frame he carries, he's just a bit slow. You know, the guy has zero, like, fast twitch muscle fibers. He can't get anywhere quick in the octagon. Uh, when it comes to Dobson, just, like, keeping it honest with you, man, I don't I don't think he's that good. Um, I don't rate him that high of a fighter. Um, they've got close to the same number of fights. He's fought far lesser competition. I don't think he can win this fight on the feet. I don't think he has the wrestling to keep Defon down and win a ton of minutes. His cardio after round one takes a big dip. And I just feel like after a couple takedowns get stuffed, he's going to get discouraged. He's going to tire out, and Tafon's going to put up 100 significant strikes and just pepper this guy to a late finish or a pretty easy decision win. So I just got to trust my gut here. I could put one unit. Tafon at minus 145. I think he's the right side here. I like it. I'll have to look in into that fight a little bit deeper before I make a play, but I, I like all the things that I'm hearing from you. Um, moving on to the fighter section of the podcast. <laughs> One of the easier picks that uh, for this week as far as fighter to watch, it's yeah. JP Bies. Um on an L3 right now in the UFC since coming off his contender series win against Jacob Silva. Uh, he's just had a, he's had a tough matchups. He's had some tough matchups leading into this man. Mm-hmm. Bruno Silva, as we now know, is not a slow, it's not a slouch by any means. Right. He has great training partners. He's a little undersized, but um, uh, honestly, he was a, a perfect stylistic matchup against JP buys. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised by any means of Bruno Silva getting it done. Montel Jackson, absolute freak of nature. Wish he fought a little bit more, but uh, that's another tough outing right there. And then Cody Durden solidifying that he is, you know, for what it's worth, pretty real deal when it comes to the UFC. He's got a now, ton of winnable now fights. Yeah, he's got a ton of winnable fights, and now they're giving him Marcus McGee. Marcus McGee is like the – 40-year-old face, but he's still, like, in his prime right now. Uh, right. He he looks really good, dude. Uh, <laughs> in that last fight out, or last time out against Journey Newsom, um, he took that fight on short notice and looked like he had no weight to lose, man. Like, he fills out his frame really, really well. He's extremely explosive and powerful. And having co- or coming off of a loss by knockout to Cody Durden uh, does not – sound like a, a good thing it does not is not a good thing to hear coming into this matchup against marcus mcgee i do think that the ufc is kind of throwing him a bone by giving him by giving uh jp um mcgee who only had who's only got eight fights total in his professional career and one under the ufc banner but ultimately i would be surprised if if jp comes out and shows us anything new this fight um, and his chin is a little suspect at this point, having been finished twice in the UFC. So I think I'm going to lay off, but um, he it it can't be stressed enough that he had a really bad run of of opponents to welcome him into the UFC. Uh, so maybe he's he's here to surprise us. Definitely a fighter to keep an eye on this week. Yeah, JP's on the hot seat for sure. Um, easy pick for me as well. Similar situation taking Chris Dawkins. Uh, you know, brother's already been released from the UFC on a three-fight losing streak as well where you're knocked out in all three of them. And want to note he's been finished in all six of his professional losses. And here he is dropping to 205 for what I, I do believe. I checked. Maybe I mischecked something, but I, I think it's the first time in his career. For 
the move, you know, even for him being somebody who didn't weigh in at the heavyweight limit, someone who was the lighter heavyweight, the move to 205 still does shock me a little bit. It wasn't like a Tanner Bozer situation where those guys were bigger than you and you couldn't stop the takedown, you know. He had the speed edge. He had the movement, you know, and he just still couldn't make things work at, at heavyweight. And so I just don't see the move to light heavyweight pinning all that all that well for him. But he takes on Khalil Roundtree this Saturday, someone you and I consider to be an absolute wild card, honestly. Unpredictable, like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one day he's the scariest po- opponent to stand across from in the UFC, and the next day he's in his own head, zero You could hurt his feelings with a few words. For real, man. And he shows up the shell of himself, and that makes it tricky when you see Juice next to his name as well. But I do think it's you know a good fight for Khalil. Vidalka's back is up against the wall, man. There's a chance he could get flatlined again early in his fight. There's a chance the weight cut um, being new for him could be hard. Like you said, JP was easy to pick. Plenty of reasons why Chris Dawkins is my fighter to watch this week. I like it. Um, moving on to the underdog section of the podcast. I actually think that we um, share the same underdog pick uh, yeah. as far as the one that we like the best, but I'll, I'll uh, mix it up a little bit. I'm going with a 185-pounder in Jamie Pickett, <laughs> his money line, dude. Now, keep in mind, I do think that this is a uh, – I, I think that Jamie Pickett is the rightful dog. I just land him at like plus 130, plus 140 against uh, Josh Fremd. I And, you know, I don't think Josh Fremd is bad. I had him at plus 175 or something against Cedricus Dumas. I had him by submission. Like, he's pretty decent, but, you know, he was mounted by Cedricus Dumas. He hasn't really – I don't think that he has a single win over anybody that has been in the UFC. Uh, at least Jamie Pickett has two UFC wins. And the guys that, uh, you know, coming off of a loss um, to Bo Nickel, the way that he lost – I think that there's some. Uh, I don't. I don't think that the odds makers are giving him any credit. And at least, at least Jamie Pickett um, has the physical attributes of somebody I want to back. He's had the UFC experience, and I think that you know there's never a time where Jamie Pickett is going to dominate an opponent. But he's certainly the type of fighter to make it close, make it dirty. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that that I think that that's uh, all that I need to make a plus two seventy five stab on him this week. Um, and, and somebody who, in Josh Fremd, who is a dog to Cedricus Dumas. Cedricus Dumas is awful. I can't wait to fade him. He just got a win in his last one. And I'm I'm so <laughs> pumped to fade Cedricus Dumas in his next fight. So, uh, yeah, I do think that this is just a little bit of overcorrection. Uh, Bo Nickel makes anybody look really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jamie Pickett plus 275 is for my dog of the week. Yeah, um, big talking point. I'm on the other side with Frim, but there's a big talking point of potential market overcorrection. I just finished finished by the Beverly Hills Ninja and Dennis Tulinian's not a good look for me either. Um, but hey, uh, again, plus money to minus 400. You, you bring up a very good point. Uh, the underdog that uh, I think we kind of agree on, Juliana Miller, plus 125. And betting on Juliana Miller, something I never thought I'd hear myself say, because if you watch any of the podcasts back, you honestly, you know, I don't think too highly of this girl and I don't really think her skill sets there. I tried to fade her against Brogan Walker 
yet somehow talked myself out of passing on Veronica Macedo at plus 300, you know. Um, man, Miller's inexperienced. She's hittable. Her, her takedown defense is suspect. But she's mean. She's gritty. And she's tough. And that will win you WMMA fights. You she's know? big, too. Big. Big and girl. That, that wins you women's fights, man. Sometimes that's all you need. And I do think there's a, a winnable fight here for her. You know, uh, I think she's young, inexperienced, and going to improve at a high rate. She doesn't have to fly over to London this time. She doesn't have to adjust to the time. She's not the one making her debut. She's the one with tough experience. She's fought in front of a London crowd. And I do feel like when it hits the mat, she could wind up on top here. She could find her way to the back. When I watch Santos's regional tape, I don't get to minus 150 on her here, man. It's It could be a, just your typical wide MMA like women's line that we just see every week. But like your talking point, we see Miller, who was minus 300 last time, and, and now she's plus money. So unsure if I pull the trigger, but she's definitely my underdog this week. Yeah, I wish the line would start getting away, you know. I wish people would yeah. really start hopping on Luana because, yeah, I feel like I'm on Miller here, man. It's the sim- same thing, same concept, like you said, just complete overcorrection. Yeah, yeah. she looked freaking awful against somebody in uh, Macedo who, you know, is married to an ex-UFC fighter. She lives and breathes the sport, and Juliana Miller's fucking 22 years old. Like, what do you ex- what do you expect? With like four fights. <laughs> right, dude. Like, she's green as could be, but she's absolutely got the fighter instinct in her. And I really like backing that against other low-level girls. We certainly haven't seen what this Luana girl is capable of. Sure, she's, you know, she looks good on the regional scene, but... Juliana Miller won tough. Like, she's not a total scrub, you know? she Did she win tough? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. She won tough, so she's not a, a total scrub. Now, it was an awful season, but there are winnable fights in the UFC, and to get her as a dog against somebody who has not proven to be UFC caliber yet, it seems like an auto bet. So I'll, yeah. I'll more than likely be on that side um, at some point this week. I like to hear it. For my prop of the card it is uh only bet i have out so far and i did get some clv i'm i'm nice. kind of happy about that i rarely i rarely make bets early in the week but this is one that i saw and i was like i'm pretty sure that's about to get hammered yeah. because yeah. i think both mm-hmm. girls have the the finishing upside under two and a half in pollyanna vienna versus yasmin lucindo um i think that this is a step down in competition for lucindo and um vienna it's a winnable fight you know vienna is a killer be killed type of girl. And I like banking on her violence props. You know, I think that there's certainly a, my biggest concern going into this one is Lucindo um, not accepting, not staying in the dangerous guard of Vienna, keeping yeah. it on the feet and just outpointing her to a decision. That would be the, the biggest worry that I have. But um, I think that there's a ton of finishing upside for the Pollyanna-Vienna side. And then on top of it, Lucindo's powerful enough that I think uh, Pollyanna could walk into some things that she's not expecting, especially once she gets a little sloppier as the fight drags out. And uh, I got it at plus 180. It's now like plus 120. So that's like 10% uh, closing line value, which is the edge that I played it at. You know, like that's why I played it. I do think that it probably um, goes to decision 50 
35% of the time, you know, but mm-hmm. hell, I've got, you know, I have it at 35% of the time at minus 180 or something, you know, something like that. So yeah. uh, I'm happy with the, with the CLV for sure. I think that there's finishing upside for both girls. Uh, it was a pretty easy prop for me to, to hit. I put one and a half units on it. I like it, man. I don't think I don't think Pollyanna's ever won a decision. Mm-mm. Just off the top of my head, I don't think so. Uh, I'm staying in the women's fights for my prop of the week. I'm going to take Jacqueline Amarim, first round submission, plus 130. Uh, I think it's a chance of redemption for the girl after almost finding the first round submission last time out against Sam Hughes. Chokes in deep, you know, whether you want to talk about the glove, you know, Sam's hands in the glove or not. Like, I, I still think that a lot of girls are going to tap to that choke. Uh, Sam's just tough as shit. And then after that, we kind of see Jacqueline debut jitters, adrenaline dump, whatever you want to call it. Sam Page took over, and it's kind of very typical of of Sam Hughes to do so. We see her kind of do that all the time, and seen her do that against Estella Nunez and other girls that come to mind. But when you you know when you hear people talk um, American Top Team about Jacqueline, it's nothing but good things, man. She's she's a very talented fighter with world class grappling skills on the mat, phenomenal jujitsu. I think the UFC has given her a winnable fight here, very winnable fight to get back on track. She's getting, you know, Montserrat Ruiz, someone who's much smaller, someone who pretty much has to grapple to have success herself, and someone the UFC's never done any favors for. I think they were clearly wanting Cheyenne Baez to win that fight. As soon as Montserrat upsets her, it's like, oh, well, here's Amanda Limos for you, you know, and so right. – they they don't they're never doing her any favors. I I think that we're gonna see Jacqueline Armarine find that takedown in round one just like she did last time out, and I think she finishes it with rear naked choke. The girl's got six wins, they're all in round one. Five of them are by submission. So you take a minus three hundred favorite, take her best path to victory, and it's plus money. I think it's a great prop to look at this week. Interesting, interesting. I haven't looked at it too hard, but I'll keep an eye out for that for sure. Uh, moving on to our best bet of the card. Tough one for me. I actually, I think that that Jamie Pickett line is the best bet because it's so wide. I just think it's off. Um, for the sake of the podcast, though, I think uh, there's only a few spots I like. I like Juliana Miller here, man. For all the reasons that we just talked about, I'm going to have to make her my best bet as well. Um like it. Yeah, it's just it's just a minus four hundred girl who had a bad outing. She's so young; she has so much room for to improve as she gains this experience in the UFC. And uh, you're getting her at plus money against a girl who hasn't been in the UFC yet, man. She's had a decent like her Santos's one loss is against a a good like um, Olympic uh, Olympic judo, mm-hmm. maybe something like that. I don't know another Olympic goal Olympic medalist. And uh, she lost a split decision or won a split decision. And it doesn't prove much, man. I like Juliana Miller here at Plus Money. So she'll be my best bet of the card. I wish I had a little bit more of a a read on this card, but that's what we're looking at right now. I uh, usually don't make a parlay my best bet, but it is my biggest play on the card where the line's still available. I wish the Terrence McKinney under one and a half hadn't got hammered because that would have been my best bet. Uh, but I'm going to go with Josh Fremd and Hakeem Daladu parlay that I got for right around pickums. I personally think I'm fading two very, very bad fighters. Would be I'd be shocked, honestly, if they lost. I uh, I think I think Jamie Pickett's a, a very bad middleweight. I think 
he doesn't have a lot of skill set to him. And if he does win, it's it's just really by holding people against the fence. He really doesn't have much finishing upside or anything. Um, I just think Friend matches him with size, strength, better finisher, better grappler, better striker, better cardio. I like Josh Friend, man. That that fight with Anthony Hernandez, I, I think that proves that he's he's not he's he's got the dog in him, as they would say. And then with Dawadu in the co-main event, I just think Cub's passed it. I really do. Um, and I don't feel like Cub has a path to victory here. He's not going to out-wrestle Dawadu for 15 minutes. And I just don't think he's going to outstrike strike You know, Dawadu's got the Muay Thai. He's got all the, the intangibles here as well. And so I, I do like that parlay a lot. And the line's still out there to grab it. I like it. I like it. We'll move on to the quick pick section of the podcast where we start off in the flyweight division, Juliana Miller taking on Luana Santos. I'm on the Miller side. If you didn't know, I'm on the Miller side. Yeah. You know, both of us being on her, you having confidence that you do in her underdog section is always my favorite, man. I'll kick myself if I pass on this one and she comes out and wins. So I'll, I'll likely pull the trigger on Juliana Miller with you. Um, I do have a bet on the next fight as well. DeMond Blackshear fighting Jose Johnson. Johnson's taking it on short notice. He's got tall man defense on the feet. He has no takedown defense. And I think DeMond's got the grappling edge, clear, clear grappling edge, full camp, cardio, everything at, at minus 175. I had to snipe that. I don't lay juice on people who's lost to Chris Moutinho. Just can't <laughs> yeah, do it. Just can't do it. Um I'll, I'll, for the sake of this, I'll lean Demond Blackshear, but I'm, I'm curious to get a little bit more of a, a look into Jose Johnson. I don't know much about him, to be fair. Um, moving up to the strawweight division, Montserrat Ruiz taking on Jacqueline Amor- Amorium. Uh, I've got, I've got Jacqueline for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, I think that she's physically a little bit, a little bit better. She has more tools to win, and uh, Ruiz. She had one upset, and now it seems like the UFC is trying to punish her. I'm with you. I'll go with uh, Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline, first-round submission, my pick. We've talked about this fight as well, Parisian and Martin Budai. Um, I'm on the Budai money line here, and I'm glad I took the money line after the after talking with you. Yeah, I, uh, money line, Budai, I think that that is the play if you're going to make a play on this fight. It's a little it sucks having to – bet the juice you know but i i do think that budai is the the winning side here moving to the featherweight division francis marshall versus isaac dolgarian tough one you know initially i'm like oh francis marshall francis marshall um after looking into it i'm a little hesitant i don't know if i'm gonna actually find a play on it but um isaac's doing what he should be doing in his wins you know the way that he's winning he's that's how I want you to win on the regional scene, I guess. It'd be nice to see how he does against some adversity, but I don't think that we're going to get that until we, he does step against uh, you know other UFC talent. So I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Isaac Dolgarian here just to mix it up. I don't hate it. I, he's got a good wrestling background, and I will say he's. He's just he's finished all the fights in round one, and it raises questions for cardio. But he's never shown us that he gassed before, you know. So he might be able to sustain it. I think if you're on the Francis Marshall side, I think he loses round one at a decent clip. 
kind of like the Billy Q fight. I think if you're looking to bet Francis Marshall, you need to get in live because I think you'll get a better number. I think I'm make it interesting outside with Francis Marshall, but I, I, I don't think you should bet him pre-fight. Um, moving on up, we got Terrence McKinney taking on Mike Breeden. And much like yourself, I'm not really one to, you know, hop on bet online, snipe openers. Was honestly just dicking around on my phone on Sunday and saw Terrence McKinney under one and a half sitting at minus 185. And I was like, I mean, you got to bet that in a Terrence McKinney fight. And since it's minus 280, so I don't, you know, I don't know if you play it, if you parlay it, but I think Terrence McKinney gets the round one stoppage. And if he hasn't got it in four minutes, we see the same old thing happen. Um, but I do, I do think he's the far superior athlete and we'll find the first round finish. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm uh, I'm on the Terrence McKinney side, but I'm I'm also okay with not putting money on that fight. <laughs> you know, it could it could get wild, but yeah, I'll pick Terrence McKinney for the sake of the quick picks. Um, moving to the bantamweight division, Marcus McGee versus JP Bays. Um, I'd like to see JP come back. I just think that he's got a tough dude out in front of him, and Marcus McGee. Um, yeah, I'll pick I'll pick McGee here. I mean, Marcus McGee brings in the talk of market overcorrection. You know, you get a bit, you get the upset as an underdog in your debut, and now you're minus 400. But, you know, JP just doesn't show you a lot of things that make you want to, even at the price tag, get behind him. You know, it doesn't seem to eat the punches as well. And, but man, Marcus McGee's one loss is by first round sub, and I think JP's got some decent grappling. I'm gonna, hmm. it'll be. I kind of want to pick JP, but I can't. I'm gonna side with Marcus McGee, but let it be known, like yourself, I want JP to win this one. Kicking off the main card, uh, Josh Frim, Jamie Pickett. Josh Frim is part of my parlay for the best bet. I know you don't necessarily agree with the line, but I, I go with Josh Frim here. Uh, I got Jamie Pickett start off with a big old upset to start the main card. Uh, move into the same division, Tafun and Chukwi versus AJ Dobson. Um, yeah, I'm on the Tafon side. Don't love it, but I'm on the Tafon side with you. Tafon and Chukwi as well for me. Uh, Pollyanna Viana, Yasmin Lucindo. There's a reason it's on the main card, man. They like this Lucindo girl, and Pollyanna's always putting on good fights as well. I think he sniped an amazing number. Um, I think there's a ton of finishing upside for both these girls, and was Yasmin? She's only like twenty-one or twenty-two years old. Like, yeah. there's very, yeah, very potential that she just is going to get kind of shown the vet lesson, you know, by one of these girls and fall into that arm bar. Yeah, fall knee bar, arm bar, whatever. Polly's going to throw up. Uh, I'm going to side with Lucindo. I think she's got the higher ceiling. She's not the one that she's not the finished finished product at this point. I think there's still room for her to to be to make massive improvements and look even better. So. I think she's going to get Pollyanna Vienna out of there and actually cash that plus 180 ticket for you. I think it's going to be a, a nice little cash for you. I like it. I'm on the other side, though. I think Pollyanna <laughs> lures her into that guard somehow. <laughs> Whether she pulls it or Yasmin takes her down, I do think that Vienna gets it done by submission. Um, Hypnotize her with that chest tat. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Uh, moving up to the light heavyweight division, Khalil Roundtree taking on Chris Dawkins. Oh, man. I am going with uh, Khalil Roundtree. I think that like Chris Dawkins is 
gonna have to wrestle to yeah. this, you know to to win this and i feel like he does not set up his shots well enough to for that to work for 15 minutes um so i, I expect khalil to catch him and um to finish off his his ufc career some police brutality incoming yeah <laughs> I uh, restrain and detain. <laughs> I think uh, Khalil's going to get the old, old copper out of there as well. But, uh, you know, when you lose to Marcin Prochniol and just kind of kind of just show up the way Khalil has sometimes, like I can't lay the juice on you. Um, I'd have to look at some type of early finish prop if if I'm going to look at that at all. Co-main event, I'm pretty pretty high on Hakeem Daladu to get this done. Um, yeah, Hakeem Daladu is an easy pick for me. Not so much high on Hakeem as I am low on Cub Swanson at this point in his career. Yeah. I think Hakeem's going to do it. And if it does come down close, I like having Hakeem. Uh, I'll take I'll take Hakeem as well. Main event, I think we'll end on a disagreement. I'm, yep. on, uh, I'm on the Luke side. I just, I'm not convinced that RDA is going to be able to hold him down for five rounds. And Luke is not really one of those guys who gasses. So I think he's going to remain dangerous and bigger uh over the course of five rounds you know it's it's kind of like Faziev caught rda in the fifth round and i feel mm-hmm. like luke packs as much power as Faziev, um especially when they're up at 170 so i'm on the luke side uh, i really like the plus money on him in this coin flip fight great reasons man yeah and then on a disagreement i do side with Rafael dos anjos there in the main event um and honestly, man, that's a that's a badass main event. I'm I'm honestly pretty excited for it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's 13 fights as we head toward weigh-ins. Hopefully, they all stay together. Exciting night of fights, and we'll be back next week. Peace.